Hi and welcome. We are three current MSW students currently attending Cal State San Marcos. We're wanting to reach as many people as we can. We are Future Social Worker Podcast. Welcome again. Today is August 2nd, 2021. We are more than halfway through the year. We have made it to August. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on our first ever Future Social Work podcast. We welcome anyone uh, who wants to listen in on different topics about social work. Uh, every week we will bring you a different topic and we definitely welcome any feedback and comments on topics that you may be interested in. Uh, we are current MSW students, as Carlos mentioned, and we are about to graduate in May of 2022, counting down the days. And we are about to start our second practicum in August as we begin our third year of social work. Um, so we are going to introduce ourselves so you get to know us a little bit better. My name is Carlos, born and raised in Oceanside, California. I have a background in psychological sciences, and I'm currently studying uh, social work. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. My name is Yeni. I was born in Sinaloa, Mexico, Culiacense, and I live in Escondido, and I got my bachelor's in human development. My name is Melody. I studied psychological science for my undergrad. I'm currently in the social work master's program. I was also born and raised in Oceanside, and my first language was Spanish. Same. Gulichi. Gulichi town. Yes, we are very proud of being Spanish speakers, and throughout the podcast, you may hear us use some Spanish words. Uh, so please let us know if you are also a Latinx listener. Being a student growing up was really difficult and it made me think about what we could talk about in this podcast and together with Yenny and Carlos we decided to focus on inequities in education and one of those inequities is access or resources uh, for mental health and I came across a article um, it's called Mental Health Disparities Among College Students of Color by Libsyn, Kern, Eisenberg, and Breland Noble. And their article, their study really did a well job at rounding up what is the issue. And the issue is, is that these services were not created to serve students that look like us. And um, that is people of color, those who have additional barriers, like we mentioned, um, possibly that being a language barrier. And these populations, specifically in our area in Southern California, have a really difficult time access, accessing these services. They face unique barriers. They have additional stressors that maybe some traditional students don't come across. And they also have historical trauma that they're dealing with um, in their lives. They mention how certain populations, for example, undocumented students, they have unique barriers, some that I can't personally understand, but as social workers, they really focused on how it's important to understand these things and take them into account when we're working on treatment, when we're working on providing services. And that 
includes recognizing that these services were not created for people of color and who come from disproportionately impacted communities. So it comes down to a question that I would like to share with you all. What are current barriers that these communities of color are facing when trying to access mental health resources in college, let's say, and how can we how can we reduce some of those barriers? Yeah, I think that's an excellent question, Melody, and I I want to be able to answer that um, to the best of my ability and based off my experience and what I know. I, I think that was a great point that you made. And what came to mind was having a cultural humility uh, rather than that cultural competence. So to me, uh, a barrier that I see uh, just based on my experience was the lack of access. Um, you know, speaking from from experience and speaking from um, from what I've seen, I've noticed that in many cases that hours are not designed for for working professionals. They're not designed for people like like Yenny, for for you, like you, Melody, like myself, and many of our classmates that work multiple jobs and get out of work late just to rush to school to know that our services are closed. So to me, that's a huge uh, disadvantage, and that's a huge inequity and and it's a lack of respect towards us as students who are paying equal tuition who are paying equal fees for the resources that we should be having so that's challenging for us and again it's that guilt that we have that right that we may not be able to advocate or even if even though we are so future social workers we lack that ability to advocate and ask for these resources to be extended and have hours extended uh, because of that cultural guilt that, you know what, that's just how it is, you know, it's just, but really it's not designed for us, as you mentioned, Melody. So yeah, that's a, that's something that comes to mind, an instant barrier that I, that I faced when I, I entered this, this big world of higher education. Um, how about you, Yenny? What, what comes to mind when, when you're thinking about the different barriers that you have faced or that you have seen uh, different DI populations face? Yeah, thank you for sharing, Carlos. I think that that brings um, like different thoughts in my head and I wanna say so much, but I wanna keep it concise. Um, but one thing that did come to mind is being a first-generation college student. Um, and then of course, like we, Carlos, Melody and myself are, um, you know, first language is Spanish. So our parents, a lot of times weren't able to help us while we were growing up. Um, and, you know, filling out our college applications, what programs um, we could have been part of that we missed out on because we didn't have that access or knowledge. Um, and now being in college, like Carlos, you mentioned about, you know, <clears throat> it's not designed for us because a lot of us that are in the part-time program are working full-time jobs. A lot of us with several jobs to be able to pay our tuition. So I feel that, that those are some barriers that come to mind when thinking about that inequity, um, you know, which really does like thinking about this, like makes me really, really angry. Um, what about you, Melody? I, I totally connect with, you know, what a lot of the participants in this study shared. Um, in my family, it's entre familia, like you take care of your own. If I have a problem, I share it with my parents. If they don't have the answer, you know, it may lead to me going um, and trying to tune into like my spiritual side. But in reality, it's like, it's 
it's like a family thing and talking about issues outside of the family. I think I've grown up to believe that it could be even like looked down upon, right? And I think that a lot of families and cultures may have a similar um, a barrier. I think oftentimes we think like, oh, you know, it might probably not be big enough and not be worthy enough to seek services, you know, for. And I think that, um, at least in my case, I mean, I, I totally agree. Having, um, for example, this last year, the opportunity to do therapy online has been a total game changer for me, but I definitely did not have that in my undergrad. And knowing that there was like COVID relief to pay for that mental health um, additional service has been amazing. It's provided resources for so many because before it's like, man, 90 bucks, like I can't afford 90 bucks. That's, that's my gas for two weeks as a college student has been really challenging. Um, so just recognizing that like attitudes, um, depending on where we're coming from has a lot to do with why we're not seeking resources. And I think if social workers in higher education take that into consideration, they could start thinking about some ways to reduce those barriers to normalizing mental health and really intentionally reaching out to these communities. Um, that, those are really great points, Melody. And it makes me think about like our law and ethics, like the ethics that we follow in social work. And, you know, a lot of um, social work friends that I have talk about advocacy, right? And that's something that both of you have mentioned. And I feel that one of the ways that we're going to help um, break these barriers or help, you know, yeah, break those barriers is to continue to advocate for ourselves. I know that we've talked amongst ourselves um, because we are friends outside of this and how we, we, we find that to be super challenging because of our collectivist culture, like, you know, you mentioned. And because we are first generation college students, and so we feel like we're kind of like lost. And um, we've mentioned that we have great mentors in our program. Thankfully, we have great resources that we can go to, but not everyone has access to it. Um, so going off that, what do you think is one thing that we can do aside from advocacy to, to break those barriers of, um, of this topic? Yeah, I, I, I can, I can uh, definitely uh, share a little bit about that. I think what I kept writing down and circling is the lack of representation that is in higher education, that is in our field, that is, you know, that we have experienced growing up, right? It, there's, there's, it's rare to find people that look like us in higher power positions. And I think that that plays a role when um, also looking at how taboo it is for our culture to seek these resources. So for me, there has to be more people that are willing to be able to take these steps and break these barriers like you, Yenny, like you, Melody, like myself. There has to be people that break those cycles, as you mentioned, Yenny, and, and try to be that falling domino for the rest. And I, I am extremely proud of, of the two of you and of myself for taking the steps to break the barriers of how taboo it is for our culture to even think about therapy or counseling and to want to be people of color and for myself, a man of color in this field. So for me, I would say um, just continuing to do what we do and, and represent to the best of our ability. Absolutely, Carlos. Um, I think 
for me in my internship this coming year, I'm going to be at a community college. So my hope is to be able to create support groups for single parents on campus. And that's that intentional, you know, resource that I'm trying to be there, be a woman of color in a space where um, there is help needed. So that that's something that I'd like to um, to do in the future, in the near future. And uh, quickly, I just like to share um, being able to um, use resources, community resources, huge as social workers, we, we have to share them. Sometimes we may think that someone's not caring for it, but just throwing it out there. If you hear that there is a family you're seeing and they um, have children, hey, do you know that there's, um, I think Dick Sporting's Good is like sponsoring kids to do recreational sports in the fall, things like that. Just bringing up these conversations because you never know what's gonna be picked up and put into use. Yeah, also talking about resources, um, please don't forget about NAMI. Um, they have resources um, for parents, parent um, classes. They have them in Spanish and they have them virtually right now because of COVID. So I think that's great. Um, breaking down those inequities like uh, transportation and um, language. So NAMI is a great one and, as well as Jewish family um, which provides uh, for immigration, food, um, clothing. Um, do you have any other resources, um, Carlitos? I think those two are, are great resources to, for everyone that's listening to consider. Um, besides that, I would always just encourage everyone to uh, reach out to their own school counseling. You know, sometimes hours will work for you, sometimes they won't. Um, but I think taking that first step to reach out, building a connection, and knowing that resources are there designed for um, for all students. Um, and now even more so that virtual is being um, continued to be used, telehealth is continuing to be used. Um, so I, I would just say that. And, and yeah, Melody, I agree with you about sharing the wealth, sharing resources. And I, I think this was a great uh, first podcast. I think that this was a great start to our conversations. And um, hopefully we can continue diving deeper into these important topics and discussing different inequities that, that are faced in higher education. Um, but besides that, if, if in, either of you two have anything else to say, um, I, will, I will open that up. If not, you know, I think that um, it's been a great, great time. It's been a great time. Uh, we invite you to continue to listen to us at our We Are the Future Social Work podcast. Thanks. See y'all soon. Bye. Bye.